Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He is a surprisingly smart and eloquent person. Uh, he can be very charming to be around with, but as soon as he got drunk, uh, he became another person. I think we're talking about a, a person with a with a difficult background and a somewhat split personality. Um, he could be charming and convincing if he had to, but there's a very, very dark side to his character. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He's the oddball German drifter suspected of abducting and murdering Madeleine McCann in 2007. And he's been identified by Irish woman Hazel Bean as matching the mystery man who raped her in a hotel room in Portugal three years previous. But as German prosecutor Hans Christian Walters continues his lengthy investigation into the life and crimes of Christian Bruckner, the suspect has broken his silence. And this week he sent a letter and drawings to German newspaper Bild, demanding that Walters resign. So what is happening within the German investigation into Bruckner's links with the Maddie McCann case? And what do his jailhouse writings mean? Today, I'm talking to Bill's chief reporter, Kai Feldhaus, about the extraordinary correspondence and the sinister background of the man at the centre of the Maddie case. He tells me about his investigations into Bruckner, which have taken him across Germany and into the Portuguese Algarve, where he lived for years in a seedy campervan under the nose of detectives. We talk about his lengthy history of sex crimes, his links to hardcore pornography and his transient life around Europe in an episode which contains content which some listeners may find distressing. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So did, did Christian Bruckner write to you or to the newspaper or how did he address his letter. Christian Bruckner wrote to someone I know and um, apparently tried to contact different media in the last couple of weeks. But for some reason, most of that just didn't go through. Um, and we don't really know why that is. 
it might be mail control uh, in jail. It might be due to Corona's uh, COVID-19 restrictions and no one, no one being in the office. Um, but this came through, this came through a friend. Okay. And it's weird to say the least. It is. It is, <laughs> it is weird. It is. Well, I think it is a sign of someone feeling trapped and not asked um, where his, uh, where his defense lawyer basically says um, he's not going to say anything. He reads all these things about him. I, I know he reads all that stuff in jail. Mm-hmm. And apparently he felt an urgent need to express himself, whether it was a smart idea or not. Or not um, that is another issue, I think. Is he gaining confidence as the time goes on and thinks that maybe um, clearly from what he's saying, he's sort of suggesting there's no evidence and uh, I didn't do it, you know, or have nothing to do with this. I doubt it. I, I doubt that he's gaining conf- confidence. I just think he's he's losing it. I think he's losing uh, patience. Um, he is, well, from, from, a, from, from, from the side of being investigated, I think uh, he could gain confidence because not much is happening. Um, but I think he has, he doesn't know, he hasn't, he hasn't known for what 12 months now is happening and what they have against him. So I think he's just losing his nerves. And Kai, just tell us a little bit about him. And for those who don't know, a little bit about his background. Christian Bruckner is a career criminal um, who has committed crimes from the age of about 20 years, 18, 19 years. His first conviction was for child molesting in 1995. And then basically it, it is a repeated pattern of committing a crime and running away, running to Portugal, living there, trying to make a living, committing petty crimes, committing bigger, bigger crimes, being jailed, running away again, back to Germany, petty crimes, bigger crimes and off again. Um, so that is basically his career and his the, the, the crime he committed basically all through what you can punish um, from drug dealing to child molesting to the latest uh, rape of an elderly woman in Praia de Luz. Now, in 2017, he was, I think, police in Germany got a call after there had been a um, appeal in the Maddie McCann investigation. And <coughs> somebody suggested that they were with Bruckner um, in a pub at the time this came on and that he sort of boasted or made some sort of a suggestion. And, and this person came to police to put him forward as a person of interest, perhaps. I'm not sure. There's a couple of, there's a couple of rumors how police got his attention. Uh, what, can be, what, what we can be sure is that he has been the focus of the police for quite a while. We know that his name was uttered first in 2013. Then he was seen as a witness and then he was basically... Uh, dropped. And in or about 2017, um, another criminal that used to be his friend that he hung out with in Portugal alerted Scotland Yard that uh, Bruckner had um, told him that he is that he is the murderer of Madeleine McCann. And I think this is one of the, this is probably the starting point in the investigation um, that is on now. And then what also happened in 2017 is that he was caught on the playground in Portugal um, showing his private parts to children and then he was arrested. And then police 
uh, figured out that he was on the run from Germany. And this is why he, why, why he was arrested in Portugal and then transferred back to Germany. He was wanted in Germany for a rape of a 72-year-old woman in the Algarve. Is that correct? Um, he, was, he was definitely put on trial for the rape of the 72-year-old. So, so that is probably the, the, the arrest warrant that was out. That's true. Um, that, exactly. Um, these two former friends alerted police that they had seen these tapes, they had stolen from him from his house, and these tapes apparently showed rapes of different women. And then the Portuguese police checked on unsolved crimes that might fall into this pattern that fitted the description. And then um, he was accused in, in Braunschweig in, in Lower Saxony and he was put on trial there and, and jailed. Okay. And this rape we referred to in 2005 was a you know, a lengthy, horrific, not that any rape isn't, but the woman was put through torture before and, and before she was raped. He broke into her apartment um, and this is possibly or can be seen as an MO, a modus operandi of what he does. Um, following this, and in recent years, in June 2004, an Irish woman called Hazel Behan uh, has said that she was raped in the Algarve in a hotel room, that she'd gone to bed at night and that she'd woken up to find a man standing over her, that he had tied her and over five hours subjected to her to a horrific ordeal. There's some suggestion that Bruckner may be um, quizzed about this case. Then there's some suggestions that he won't. I think Hazel Behan went on the Late Late Show here in Ireland and she is pretty convinced that he is the same man. So he's, I suppose to go forward with him, we have to go back a bit. He was an adopted child who um, was showing very antisocial behaviour at a young age and I think the parents, the, the adopted parents had to put him into a care home system. He's becoming a transient uh, drifter in his early 20s. He's moving around Europe and he's obviously very able to live anywhere without any connections. He's been living in um, Praia de Luz. He's been living in Milan. He has been back and forth to Germany. Um, He's a very concerning character in those last I suppose, since 1994, since that first molestation of the girl in Morsberg in Germany. What has happened in these in these intervening years? And is he responsible for the most famous unsolved crime of all, um, the disappearance of Maddie McCann? Where do we start with him? And what do you know about his makeup? I think to understand what made Christian Brugler what he is now. Not talking about whether or not he did commit the crime concerning Maddie McCann. Uh, We have to start at a very young age. He was given away by his mother to the adopting parents at the age of two, together with his brother. And uh, I did a bit of research into these very early years in the city of Würzburg, where he grew up in the surrounding villages. And everyone I spoke to told me that it must have been a horrible childhood um, that doesn't excuse anything of what he did later, but it might explain how he turned into the person he is today. Uh, a person with no moral standards, none so ever, 
um, and a very wide range of crimes to commit, even sexual crimes towards minors and elderly persons as well. Um, so there's nothing, apparently there was nothing he could hold to, no, nothing like a role model. Um, and then from being in, in puberty when turning into an adult, he apparently developed these antisocial and violent behavior. A few other friends we spoke to, I've just come back from the Algarve, I've been there last week, um, that knew him later in his 20s and um, 30s as well. They basically said that he is a surprisingly smart and eloquent person. Uh, he can be very charming to be around with. Uh, he, um, I've seen the letter that he sent, his handwriting is very clear and very orderly. Uh, he's a good drawer and all that, and he was good with animals. He had a dog he loved to bits. But as soon as he got drunk, one friend told me uh, last Saturday, uh, he became another person. He was completely out of his mind. He became, you couldn't stand being around him because he was so obnoxious and so, um, um, it, it was difficult to have him around. So I think we're talking about a, a person with a, with a difficult background and a somewhat split personality. Um, he could be charming and convincing if he had to, but there's a very, very dark side to his character. So following that, him molesting the, the young girl in 1994 when he was 17, he next shows up in Praia de Luz, is that right? In 1995, he moves down there? As far as I know, that is correct. He molested a child at the age of, uh, the child was six years old in, um, in Germany. And then he fled to Praia de Luz with his then girlfriend. And then he spent some time there. There's talk about the disappearance of a child called René Hasse in the Algarve in 1996. We understand that this is something he's now been investigated to see if there's any connections. Uh, I looked into that quite a bit um, a couple of years ago before I knew about um, Christian Brückner uh, because there's similarities between René Hasse and Madeleine McCann. But uh, everybody we spoke to, investigators and even uh, the parents and grandparents of René, uh, are pretty much convinced um, that there was an accident. Um, the case is that they have been to Al Jazeera Beach, which is not too far from Praia de Luz, but it is a very secure beach and is it's, you can you can overlook it pretty well. Uh, it has high dunes on each side and there's a staircase going up and down, so you see everyone going and coming and going. And <clears throat> it's the Atlantic Ocean, so it's it can be pretty rough waves and everything. And René was not a good swimmer. And what um, his uh, grandmother told us is that his mother, they had lunch and then they walked down the staircase and he ran ahead. And then he, she only found uh, his, his sandals and a towel on the beach and nothing else. But from my, what I understand, it is highly impossible that in this very small amount of time, on this very, um, this beach you can look into very well, someone could have taken that child and dragged him up the other staircase, which is about 100 yards away. Uh, so, yes, another child disappeared. Yes, it was about the age of Madeleine McCann. But no, it is very unlikely that this is a crime. And as far as I know, Christian Brückner is not investigated for it at all. I have been to the that coast and swam in that Atlantic and it is extremely rough. You feel that you're, you know, you feel that you're, you, you should be safe because it's sunshine and white, white beach and everything. But I can I can totally see that scenario happening. All right. Um, 2004, as I mentioned, we have Hazel B in an unsolved rape um, near maybe half an hour from Praia de Luz, I believe. She herself has waived her anonymity and suggested that Bruckner 
looks very like the individual that attacked her. In 2005, we have the rape of the elderly woman um, who he is currently serving the sentence for. In 2007, two years later, Maddie McCann goes missing. So the police in the area have discovered that his phone is possibly nearby. That's what they say, yes. Um, The police went public in Germany in a German TV show asking the viewers to send any information they have on different vehicles they showed pictures of and on two phone numbers Portuguese phone numbers and uh, as far as we understand one of the phone numbers was the one that was supposed to be used by Christian Brückner and this phone number spoke to the other phone number on the night of the disappearance for at least half an hour maybe even an hour and the phone number that was supposedly used by Christian Brückner was logged into um the Praia de Luz cell tower. And we don't know, still don't know, and I think prosecution also doesn't know who the other phone number was, who used it, because it was a prepaid card. There's a couple of rumors that one of his ex-girlfriends might be the person he talked to, but it seems to be very difficult to prove because it was prepaid. And if no one comes forward and says, I know this number, I got it in my phone, it was used by this and this person, uh, very difficult to be solved. But it is pretty sure that the other number was Christian Brugnas. And he was living sort of almost homeless around the, the, the area at the time. What, what was he doing? Was he working or was he... In, in all the years in the Algarve, he's been living in two properties. One is in Praia de Luz, only about, I would say, less than a kilometer from the Ocean Club. And the other one is a bit further away. Um, but very likely that, he, that he's been living in this camper van, the yellow camper van that has been searched for in the time of the disappearance. He was working as a, as a waiter in different bars, um, but he also made a living of petty crime. He apparently broke into apartments, stole passports and, and electronic devices and all that, and then sold them for, forward. <clears throat> we know he stole um, diesel petrol and solar panels together with an Austrian friend because he was caught and uh, put in jail for that, for stealing diesel and solar patterns. So it is basically a life lived by whatever money he could make with a very, with very little legal work and a lot of dodgy dealings he had in the area. And at this point, of course, he has no conviction other than the molestation of the girl in 1994 in Wardsburg, where is there a sex offenders register available at this time, or is there is he is he named as a sex offender? I think he in Germany. If he was convicted again in Germany, the courts would have known that he was a sex offender. But apparently, um, when he was in Portugal and he was convicted in Portimao for the uh, theft of the petrol and the solar panels, there was no such thing as an international sex offenders um, record, and they were not, he wasn't asked. I spoke to Gonzalo Amaral, the uh, the former investigator, and he said they had him on a list. They had a list of people living in the area with any kind of conviction. Uh, he was on the conviction of thieves, so they didn't really think him too suspicious. Went to his door, knocked on his door, and he wasn't home, and that was basically it. Do you understand? You know the area, the Algarve, um, is very secluded, and it is rather cheap to live somewhere uh, in the hinterland. Uh, so it is also a very, a very good 
place for people to vanish if they don't want to be found. And I think this is what Christian Brückner took um, advantage of. So by 2008, a year after Maddie was disappeared, we presume murdered at this stage. I don't think there's very many people left who think that she's still out there, but he's back in Germany. Is that right? Correct, yeah. He, he from, from another conviction, he fled back to Germany, made a living in the city of Braunschweig, which is a medium-sized city in the center of Germany, Lower Saxony. He ran a little shop there, like a, like a little uh, grocery shop and like you can buy whatever stuff, stuff of daily goods. Probably not a place to make a good living. Um, we spoke to a couple of people there as well and said, well, he was basically hanging out in his shop and people coming and going and paying his rent. He was also having a very German thing, which is called a Kleingarten, which is basically like a little garden, a vegetable garden where you can uh, grow your own food and where you have a little house that has been searched. And um, I think it's a bit confusing with all these convictions, but the next next conviction that came was Nibel. No, there was another conviction of um, of molesting a child. Um, uh, he molested the child of one of his girlfriends and went to jail for that. And after that, there was a conviction for drug stealing. So we're up to about 2011, I think, when he has that conviction of drug stealing. Um, Maybe. And I think there's also, there's, there must be one more conviction that um, can, can't really put into this time frame because police searched a property that he acquired for unknown reasons in the east of Germany. And uh, they dug through this property and they found um, uh, the, the corpse of his dog and underneath it, uh, a couple of hard drives. And these hard drives apparently contain child pornography as well. So this was someone in between 2010 and 2014 as well. So there's a couple of convictions, different fields of crime in these years. Random question, just because you mentioned it earlier that he was loved his dog. Was the dog... Did the dog die? Did they investigate. Had the dog been like had the dog been killed, or had it died of natural causes? I I don't know, but I presume that it was died of that he has died of natural causes because he was with him for a very very long time in Portugal, in Germany, back in Portugal. And according to a former friend, she said he loved the dog to bits, and the dog was the only companion that stayed with him all the time. So I would be surprised if he had killed it. Yeah. But, um that hasn't been really investigated. I think. Sorry, strange mind I have. But um, in uh, in 2015, Kai, there's a five-year-old called Inga Gerica and she is she goes missing in Germany. That is one of the bigger unsolved German crimes. That is kind of the German Madeleine McCann. The family was having a barbecue at a public barbecue spot in a forest uh, in eastern Germany. And there were a couple of children of different ages and they were running back and, back and forth into the forest and playing as children do. And then sometime in the afternoon, Inga and a few other kids went into the forest to collect firewood and all the kids came back, Inga didn't. And that is basically when she disappeared without a trace. Um, it is still unsolved. It is still open, but it's still unsolved. There's no, no one investigated anymore, as far as we know. Uh, and the odd thing is that Christian Brückner was, a day before Inga disappeared, was in the area. In the area meaning he had a car crash, a minor car crash uh, on a parking lot, uh, I think about 
20 or 30 kilometers away. That is what we know. But the prosecution in Stendal, which is the one responsible for the Inga case, uh, was pretty pretty quick in ruling Christian Brückner out. I don't know for what reason, but they can be apparently can be pretty sure that he has nothing to do with the disappearance of Inga Gericke. Um But as I say, I, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why they came sure. Maybe as an alibi. Maybe someone came forward and said, "No, I have been with him." That is possible. He after this child disappeared. He returned to the Algarve, I think, did he, and sold that camper van that he had been living in around the time that Maddie McCann went missing. In 2015, yeah, he he went back to the Algarve. He sold the camper van he was living in, uh, the yellow and white VW T3 Westphalia. He left it with a family he was good friends with uh, in the in the Barcal region that is uh, about half an hour north of Portimao. Um, he's been good friends with the family, the parents and the, and the children, and they have a bit of a scrapyard. So they got a few defunct cars and he left it there and they used it as a family car because it was still solid and going. And they had it for a couple of years until in 2019, uh, the BKA, the Bundeskriminalamt, so the German National Police showed up and said, we want this car. And they took it, took it from them. And this is one of the vehicles that we know from the pictures that German prosecutors and police have published. The, it was it was 2020, I think, in June of 2020, that the um, the German police sort of linked him to as a suspect in the Maddie McCann case. At this point, as we've spoken about, he's in jail for the rape of the 72 year old woman in in Portugal, uh, and I think there may be another sex abuse of a child conviction along the way there around 2016. It's the other way around, I think. Um, ah. When we knew, when, when they made it public, you know, they've been investi- investigating him for at least three years. He served, he served the time for the, uh, for the uh, sexual abuse and then he served the time for, for a bigger drug deal. And when he was serving the drug deal time in uh, the jail in Kiel, the prosecutors came forward and said, we have a suspect we think is the one that committed the crime. Um, he had also been sentenced for the rape of the 70-year-old women in Bayadalush, uh, but the sentence was not, it was still going through an appeal. Okay. And there was still, it was put on appeal for the for European, uh, in front of the European court. Because he was taken in Portugal, and he was taken in Italy and sent back to Germany. And he said, mm. I was sent back to Germany on a different, uh, f- for different reasons than this, this rape. So he was serving for the drug deal and awaiting the time for the rape. Now he's serving the time for the rape in another jail. He's not in Kiel anymore. He's transferred to another jail to serve this time. So do we know our German police any closer to questioning him? Or if they will, we've no body as regards Maddie McCann, obviously. And unless we get a confession from the individual who took her, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be luck if they do find, I imagine, her remains. But um, what, what happens next and what country, if he would be placed on, charges relating to the Maddie McCann case, which country would actually 
put him on charges because it's quite confusing how transient he is and he's moved around. Do Portugal look to extradite him out of Germany or do Germany charge him because the German police are, are investigating? I think in this case, you never know what happens next. In the last 14 years, you have never know what happens next. I spoke to the prosecutor last week and he said, I asked him, why didn't you, didn't you question him? And he said, usually the questioning is at the very end of the investigation. And the investigation is not over yet because they have received so much information, they have to check. Um, they are not done with that. And they got time. They, he's not going anywhere. So he know where, they know where he is. So when will he be, are we any closer to questioning him? I reckon not. Other reason is that his lawyer already said he's not going to say anything. Uh, they can question him, but he's not going to say anything because uh, that it's going to make it more difficult to, um, to, to, to have him convicted. Then he sent the letter basically saying something, which is a bit of a surprise to everybody involved. And as far as I understand, as with the, with the elderly lady in Praia de Luz, with the rape case, if he was put on trial, this would happen in Germany. It would be a murder case in Germany, murder committed by a German citizen. So he would then be trialed and probably uh, jailed in Germany for that, or even probably stay in jail, to be honest. Funny you should mention that about the questioning. It would be the same here. A suspect is the la very last thing they'll do is question the suspect because they have to put to the suspect everything they plan to use in court against him. Whether the suspect gives an answer or doesn't, if they don't answer, that can be used. You know, it can be it can be inferred what the meaning of that is, that they're not cooperating or they're not denying. I presume it's pretty similar there. What is your overall view of this guy, Kai? You've done a load of work on this. Um, you're one of the lead journalists on this story. What are we dealing with with him? I think it's very difficult to say. Um, the more I learn about it, the less sure I am. Um, the one thing I am, I am pretty sure about that hasn't changed in the last year is that if there is a German prosecution, you know, Germans are thought to be very thorough and very... Um, very, very, very de de possessed with details and everything. Yes. If there is a German prosecution stepping forward in this major, major crime case, stepping forward and saying, we know we have the right man. We cannot prove it yet, but I think we will be able to prove it. And they were not pushed. They were not pushed <clears throat> by the government. They were not pushed by Scotland Yard, by Operation Grange, by the Portuguese. It was no one had a clue about Braunschweig prosecution. If they step forward and say something like that, there must be, at least to my understanding, there must be something behind it. So I kind of go with the, with the idea that Christian Brückner might be the person responsible. On the other hand, you know, this talk about material evidence. Um, we always hear there's material evidence. It's not forensic, but it's material. I spoke to so many people and asked them, what could that be? And you hear everything from pictures to videos to texts to objects, maybe objects belonging to Madeleine McCann that was found, they were found in his possession. But what everybody says is if they had any of these pictures, videos, objects, texts, he would be put on trial now. And he, he isn't. So that is a bit confusing. And when you speak to, to Gonzalo Amaral, you know, he has a bit of another agenda, the, the, the Portuguese ex policeman that basically lost his whole career over this, over this case. Um, he's still a bit bitter and he's still very, very convinced that Kate and Jerry McCann are the culprits in this case. And he said, 
Christian Brückner is just the perfect suspect. They were looking for someone they could glue this, this crime to, and the person they looked for had to be a child molester, he had to be in the area, and he had to be uh, known of breaking into, into apartments. So if you, if you just listen to him, it sounds convincing. On the other hand, if you listen to prosecution, you know they wouldn't do that if they didn't have, if they didn't have anything. Um, so my personal opinion, yes, it is very, it is very possible that Christian Brugner committed the crime. But yes, it's also very possible that he would never put on charge for that. And he might be the perfect suspect because simply he is the perfect suspect. He was all of those things and in the area at the time. Um, and it seems to me that he, you know, while you look at it, the, the personality traits of somebody, that transient lifestyle, that sort of ability to conduct relationships while uh, committing horrendous crimes. I mean, the, even the crimes that he's convicted of are horrendous and they're very varied. You have somebody who hasn't got a particular type of victim. You often find with sex offenders that they will go for the same type of victim, be they, if they're paedophiles, sometimes they go for children of a similar age. Uh, or sometimes if, if the age, if there's an age difference, they're, they're following the child as the child grows. So it's the same victim. Um, but he seems to have an ability to be very malleable in his crimes and his victims. He, in what we know of him with that rape of that 72 year old, it is breaking in torture and uh you know, it's quite a, it's quite, it's not a opportunistic crime really, is it? Not at all, no, uh, it is not. If you, I spoke to different experts and again, there's different views on that. One expert says it shows that it can't be him because he's after elderly women and, and taping that. One expert says he's basically after easy victims. So he doesn't care if it's elderly persons or younger persons. Another theory is, and that is, in my opinion, the most likely one, if he is the one who, abducted and killed Madeleine McCann, it might have happened by chance. He maybe just wanted to get into the apartment to rob something and then figured out that in this exact room where he climbed into, there were children sleeping. Maybe one woke up and he said, oh, okay, while I'm here. Um, so this is probably an, an idea. There's an explanation for everything. You can, say, you can say it is very likely that this is him because of that, and you can say it's completely unlikely because of that. The question is, what will a court, a German court, think about all this once, it, once we get there? Is it big news in Germany, the, uh, the letter? <laughs> it is, I tell you, it is. Uh, my phone rang empty yesterday. Yes, it is big news. It is very big news because uh, he hasn't said a word. We haven't heard of him at all. None, not so ever. He, he, there is a, there's a little, little bit of a video that has, is a couple of years old um, that was taped when he took two hitchhikers in his, in his vehicle. The, the car broke down, he took them and they were on holiday, Germans, and they filmed and he was just saying something, hi, and, 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 and singing or something. And that was big news because when you have something like this, you want to know something about him, you want to hear him speak. And this is the closest to hearing him speak you can get. And then now everything's interesting. What he has written, the way he has written this, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the cartoon he drew, he drew which is probably... You could spend hours on psychologically reading through this, what he has done there. Uh, yes, but it has been big news. It has only died down today a little bit. But my phone is off now while we're speaking, so maybe when I switch it on again, uh, there's another way. It'll have gone. Yes, 
it'll have gone to the sky again. Um, finally, I'd just ask you your opinion, uh, Kai, on that Hazel Bean case and, um, you know, her appearance on The Late Late Show, which I'm sure you saw over here, where she, 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 she does believe herself that he was possibly the man who raped her. And she's been very brave to waive her anonymity like that. What's your opinion on that case? Um, from what I hear, I haven't read into the his Hazel Bean case too closely. I, I looked at the uh, his her very, very brave appearance in the show. Um, from what I hear, it is very likely that the same person that did that to the elderly woman, Diana Menkes in Praia da Luz, did the same thing to Hazel Bean. If... Christian Brückner was convicted for the rape of the lady in Praia de Luz. It is very likely that he might also be the person who raped Hazel Bean. But then again, I think one would have to look very closely into what uh, Miss Bean said when she went to police on what the size and the color of the hair and the color of the eyes and the way he spoke and, I don't know, uh, marks on his body that were very visible in, the, in, in, this, in this horrific act. And then see if that fits Christian Brückner. Because if he is not, imagine he would be put on trial for that case. And then they figure there's not enough to, um, there's not enough to convict him. Uh, he might be acquitted. There's another question is, okay, if he didn't do that, why should he have raped the elderly woman in Praia de Luz? So it is a very tricky situation for the people accusing him. They must be very sure that whatever Hazel Bean said to the police uh, fits the description of Christian Bruckner. It sounds to me that Christian Bruckner is going to uh, be in your head for a long time to come. There's a lot of untangling to do about all those years he was moving around and cases that he may be linked to. And obviously we wait uh, in anticipation to see what the German prosecutors do. So Kai Feldhaus, thank you very much for your time today. You're very welcome. Pleasure talking to you. From sundayworld.com, this is Crime World, produced by Ian Mullaney. Available online and on all podcast platforms. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. And if you want to get in touch, check out our Facebook page, Crime World with Nicola Talent. to be able to start conversations like a pro take the sunday world your daily dose of what's going on do not consume the sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel you're a politician with something to hide or you've appeared on a reality tv show and care about others opinions consume the sunday world responsibly always read the stories gossip and commentary